the real big question was how is this affecting ag teachers? And so Aaron and I uh, decided we would try to answer some of that question, a piece of that question, uh, shortly after the pandemic uh, shut down everything. Uh, we put together a survey and sent it out to teachers and kind of got their perspective on things. Welcome to Al Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. The Al Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders, Marshall Baker, Mike Ritalik, and Brian Myers. All right, Aaron McKim and Tyson Sorison, welcome back to Al Pellets. Yeah, thank you very much for having us. Thanks, good to be here. You know, I, I love that enthusiasm and excitement. It's like old hat. I mean, these are like our most most frequent flyer guests. You guys are almost like gold medallion level now, I think. <laughs> we How dare you guys? How dare you do research that's applicable to classroom teachers? <laughs> <laughs> We're doing the best we can. <laughs> no, that is awesome. So... For, for folks that have, have just joined Al Pellet Land, why don't you guys give us a quick introduction of, of who you guys are, and then you can talk about uh, what the topic is for today. Yeah, so I'm Aaron McKim. I'm an assistant professor of agriculture, food, and natural resources education at Michigan State University. And uh, I'll let Tyson introduce himself, and then maybe Tyson, you can cover some of the foundations of the research study. Sure. Yeah, I'm Tyson Sorensen, uh, assistant professor at Utah State University. I work in uh, teacher education, primarily here, uh, preparing agriculture teachers. Uh, so this study uh, really kind of, the impetus of this obviously was COVID. And so the, the real big question was, how is this affecting ag teachers? And so Aaron and I uh, decided we would try to answer some of that question, a piece of that question, uh, shortly after the pandemic uh, shut down everything. Uh, we put together a survey and sent it out to teachers and kind of got their perspective on things. Uh, particularly, we wanted to look at the dynamics between their work and what's happening at home, uh, particularly because with, as all of us know, with COVID, many of us were forced to abandon what we were doing at work and kind of transition to the home as being our new workplace. Outstanding. Talk about timely stuff. And, you know, it's really interesting looking over, over what the work that you guys did. So what, what's really, you guys, from all everything that you did, what's kind of the take-home message here? What, what can ag teachers and our listeners do with the information that you found? I think, you know, sometimes research, it, uh, it introduces surprises and sometimes research tells us kind of a sense of what we, what we knew was going to happen. And I would say this research was the, um, was the no surprise bit. What we found was that the, the work domain got smaller. So teachers uh, worked fewer hours during coronavirus than before. Um, they, uh, it was less important to them. Uh, they had less satisfaction with their jobs uh, during coronavirus than before. And then a construct called work interference with family, or essentially, when does your work responsibilities interfere with things you want to be doing with your family? That also got a lot smaller. So we just think about that as the work bubble got smaller during coronavirus. 
it's interesting. You know, you think about we are known for just burning the candle at both ends of the stick. So I have to kind of wonder, like, did you guys ever see? I, so I'm reading a lot right now just about this recovery process and how the recovery process should lead to a natu natural, it, it busts up all of our structures. So it, the hardest thing about change is nobody wants to change, but now everyone has had to change. And so there's this huge opportunity to reinvent. And I would say we've created a structure in the past that just worked people to death. So is there, did you get any sense from ag teachers kind of being like, and I mean, you know, being respectful of the virus and understanding the implications of it, but is there any sense of like, thank you. I, you know, we have boiled it down to the essentials and I'm, I'm getting to focus on essentials and I'm not, did you get any sense of that? Did any of that come out? Yeah, we didn't specifically ask those questions uh, as far as this study goes, but that was a big takeaway for us. Um, in fact, as we reflect on this research, I kind of think as it's sort of a big reset opportunity in ag education. A lot of the research up to this point really was, like you said, was showing that teachers are overworked, they're working way too many hours, there's work-family conflict going on, and then we saw that reduce entirely. Uh, with with them being able to spend more time at home. And so there was a positive piece to that. Um, but the downside, it's kind of a fine line because we also found that satisfaction was really suffering. So mm. where that's the really the big question is then how do we hit the reset button, uh, return to lower work family conflict, but also then figure out how to be happy with our jobs. I think that's a that's a great question and a great observation and and I wonder too whether with that satisfaction piece is there a lag? I mean, are are they framing their satisfaction based upon pre-COVID performance um, and how the 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 two bubbles that you're talking about, personal life and work, have changed, but they're still looking at it from a frame and perspective of of pre-COVID and will workplace satisfaction and the, and the work that teachers are doing, will that kind of catch up as they start to uh, live within a new normal and start to find the, a new balance after we get on the other side of this COVID? I think that's a, I think that's a great point. Um, and one of the, one of the, I think there's two ways of looking at it, right? Either teachers will adapt to, uh, to teaching more remote or this, this different way of approaching it, or what they lost during coronavirus were the things that increased satisfaction. Um, and so, and that's the, that's the route we took in our paper is saying, you know, conceptually, we've often thought of the number of hours you worked relating directly to your work satisfaction. And if I can lower the numbers, number of hours you work, I will increase satisfaction. Coronavirus put that hypothesis to the test. And the answer was no, a resounding no. And so I think when we're mentoring teachers, when we're thinking about job satisfaction, we're thinking about retention, we can't say, oh, let's just take things away without paying attention to what we took away, because it turns out, and this, again, not much of a surprise, that teachers probably really like FFA and probably really like teaching in a hands-on space. When we took all that away, uh, what we noticed was this, or what we're, we're, we're hypothesizing was a dramatic decline in job satisfaction. 
And so just got to be cognizant of what we're taking away when we say we're going to reduce the work expectations. So Aaron, for the fun of it, I'm, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. So if I'm thinking about this from a teacher, right? So I'm in the classroom. The one thing we know about COVID is the reduction of hours of work or whatever is also situated in the context of high anxiety, a pandemic. Um, you know, you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and like the need to just feel safe. And, you know, a lot of times I think there's this underlying anxiety that we're all kind of carrying and we don't even know we're carrying it. It's like invisible. So I wonder like for the sake of good fun conversation, I, I okay, so the one premise is in a normal time that's non-pandemic, if we could get, if we could reduce the hours that were required of ag teachers so that, that, that self-care is possible, but still maintain the competitive things that people love about ag education that drew them to the profession, that's the ideal. And then I'm comparing that to your premise that like COVID tested that theory, but COVID was really like under heavy stress, where you're teaching your kid to read, doing double digit math with your other child, getting a COVID test because your school told you you were exposed and you're in quarantine. And while the state is trying to figure out what contest, et cetera, look like, like how do you rip apart those different contexts? Because I, I think we're gonna figure out that this pandemic had crazy effects on us socially and emotionally. So it's a weird, Talk, talk me through that from your discussion with teachers. Yeah, and I think one of, the, one, of the, one of the unique things that we had in our data is we measured both life satisfaction and job satisfaction. And I would say if we had seen a dramatic decline in life satisfaction, I would be inclined to feel more of this stress piece uh, kind of resonating in the data. But we didn't see that. It, it went, I mean, it barely um, dropped at all. Are but they living in the same world I am? Like, do they have kids? <laughs> Are they having to, I need to go where they're going. This is awesome. <laughs> but what we saw was a dramatic decline in job satisfaction. So I would say that that is evidence that it was, it did exist within this space of the job requirements. Um, the other part of this is there was, we did ask open-ended question. What are the three most uh, prominent challenges you experienced as an agriculture teacher due to coronavirus? The top themes were communication, quality of learning, F, lack of FFA, lack of SAE, and it, and it didn't fall into this other space. Now, to your point, that could be because it's the undercurrent, and they're not, it's not at the forefront of their thinking, but it always is there um, as something that's causing stress. And so mm -hmm. uh, I, think you're, I, think you're, I think a combination of the two is correct, but I think it's important to think about, well, we did look at life satisfaction, we did look at job satisfaction. To a like a practical recommendation, if I were teaching ag and what I'm what I'm doing in my in my workspace is I'm listing all of my requirements and I'd recommend this for an ag teacher as well. What are you being asked to do as an ag teacher before coronavirus? What's on your list of things to do? And for each of those, reflect on what satisfaction does it give you? Like in depth, think about that particular thing that you're being asked to do and does it give you satisfaction? And if the answer is no, use coronavirus as your opportunity to change that requirement and get it out of your work responsibility so that we're not, we're not getting rid of the things we like, 
we're intentionally getting the rain, getting rid of the things that we don't see value in. I think that's a great recommendation, Aaron, you know, use it as an excuse to kind of hit that reset button we keep talking about. The, the other thing here, and this is the fun part about doing doing these podcasts, is we get to guess and move beyond all the restrictions we have here of, of research papers and stuff. So you guys collected this information, this data from teachers in May and June of, of 2020. So, you know, that was about the time we, you know, we're, the school years were ending, that sort of thing now. Completely guessing, because I don't think you guys have got the data, maybe you have. If you're going to collect this data again in October, November of last year, or when we're recording this now at the end of January, or when this when this podcast goes out probably here and, and later in the semester, how do you think those your findings might have changed uh, from, from doing those sort of things? Yeah, that's a really good point. And I was going to bring that up uh, because the context of this is, is really critical. As teachers move into their summer uh, duties, perhaps their, their responsibilities, their, their commitment to, to be at the school, they're a bit more flexible. So um, as we move into the, the fall and, and into the spring semester, I really think we're going to see a difference there. I think the, the work-life balance, I think, or the conflict uh, probably is going to increase more because there is going to be more responsibilities, more commitment when that school year starts. Um, satisfaction would be an interesting one to look at, though, uh, because they may be, be able to engage back into some of those activities. Uh, the school districts had opportunities to kind of prepare for some things so they could sort of be prepared a little bit more so than they did last spring. Um, so it would be interesting. And, and Aaron and I have talked about getting on that and and looking at it uh, now uh, to see what's going on. Well, I think it's fascinating there. You know, we have five different states represented here on this call. And I even know even in, in our state of Florida, different county school districts have handled it differently. And some has gone fairly well and some has been a flaming dumpster fire um, with what they're trying to ask teachers to do and, and those sort of thing and everywhere in between. So I, I just wonder as they had to try to navigate the fall beginning of that school year, how much that stress level would have gone up and the job satisfaction. And honestly, I think some of us, it just wears on us. It'd be interesting too, on how that's happened over time. Because I, I will admit when this first thing got shut down about a year ago now, I'm like, ah, we'll be down two or three weeks. We'll be back. And then it was like, oh, we'll be back in two or three weeks or whatever else. And then after, you know, after a few months, even somebody as stubborn, as slow as I am started to realize this, that we may be in this for the long haul. So I wonder how that all impacted the, the teachers as well as they were doing it. Well, and it would be curious, I'd be curious to know if you guys, it would be fun to go back to these teachers and see those two variables you talked about, Aaron, the like life satisfaction and then the work satisfaction be fun to see because I would agree with them at that point now that Brian brings that up I was like we got this we have got this folks I can send these kids to karate because it's open um but now you know we kind of closed everything down when we ne didn't necessarily need to close down yet and now that it's for us in Oklahoma it's the numbers have really you know kind of you know reached their highest levels and now we're, everyone's tired and wanting to go back. So it'd be interesting to know, like in ag education, 
are teachers doing hybrid? Are they doing full virtual? Are they doing, it would be fun to know um, how that's impacted them. I know in our local town, we're all virtual and I'm seeing our ag education chapter pivot and become incredibly creative with banquets, with fundraisers, with contests. I see a lot of innovation, which is cool, but I'm guessing a bit exhausting as well. It brings up an interesting point that I've, I've wrestled with, and I would be curious what this, what this group thinks of, uh, I, I talked to my pre-service teachers, they're, you know, thinking about jobs and all that. I said, what would you do if an administrator who's interviewing you said, are you good? Were you good at teaching ag during the coronavirus? Is the correct answer? Yes. Or is the correct answer? No. Cause I don't know that I want to say, yeah, I was really good at teaching this thing that's supposed to be hands-on and I could do it in a snap in an online context. But I don't know that I want to say, no, I couldn't innovate and I couldn't change. So I don't know. What would you recommend for a pre-service teacher to answer that question? I would say there's been a lot of reinvention. So now ag teachers who are typically very tactile have had to work in a bit more virtual of a, of a space. So I would say in a, you know, in something like ag education, I prefer to be in my authentic context. But I think what I learned from the coronavirus was, yeah, I, I can teach well over Zoom. And I didn't know I could do that. And I can actually create, I can use course integration systems and I can actually deliver things without seeing a kid face to face. And so then, you know, the school administrator in me starts to think, the, this battle we've had with how do we serve homeschooled students and how do we serve students that for some 504 reason can't be at school, whether that's an immune deficiency or whether that's, you know, whatever the case might be, or, you know, would it be possible to co-op, you know, like what if, what if ag, the big thing in school improvement right now is network improvement, like school networks. So in all these rural schools in rural America, could we not have experts at various schools, like one is a welding you know, mechanics expert, the other is a leadership expert and they're in a network. And now we can have, it's like being in a six teacher department, but you're maybe in a school with only 300 students. So my answer would be yes and yes and yes, please hire me. Um, but imagine what we can do now that we didn't think about being able to do before. Yeah, and, and that's really big picture. That's my hope with this research is that everyone, again, going back to that reset button, everyone thinks about how was it before? What have I learned now? What are the, what are the new skills? What are the, the cool things that I can now bring with me after this pandemic's over? How do I prioritize things now that I have a new perspective on life? And then that's what the new ag education looks like moving forward. You know, Marshall's, Marshall's comment and this conversation makes me think about back to the study about the de decreased satisfaction. And, and I think about the teachers that responded and all the reasons that they got into ag education in the first place and what really charges their batteries. And through COVID, if I took away some of the FFA and some of the SAE that is really what's valuable to me and what's important to me as a teacher and what, what charges my batteries, if that's gone, 
and all I have is the classroom, you know, some people certainly aren't going to be satisfied. And I think others may be just the opposite. I got into this to teach first and foremost, that's the big circle. And then we're going to kind of uh, blend in the SAE and the FFA. And, and when those go away, it, it doesn't hurt my heart as much because I can focus on the, the classroom and I might be able to thrive in those areas. So as I, as I unpack this and think a little bit more about it, and if we were going to continue to look at it further as a, as a research study, it'd be neat to look at what those underlying motivations to, to teach and be in ag education are as well. Is anybody else, I have to just say, is anybody else like, cause I would be this person, you know? We, we talk about ag education, man, you guys are putting so much on us. We have to do so much, you know, when you're in like the standard operating mode and you're going to like buy hogs on one day and you're going to every speech contest the other day. And, you know, we all do it naturally when we're like, oh my gosh, I've got so much to do. And then the pandemic hits and we're like, I really want to like compete and go buy pigs. And I, you know, I think it speaks to this. It's true with me. Like we're attracted to ag ed because we loved what we were in. And all of us were in this like tactile experiential all over the place, driving around, doing things, winning. So it really is. We're an interesting dynamic, us ag teachers, because we, it's obvious from this study, like we need that, like to be satisfied with our job. We need you to make us go win a bunch of stuff. But then it's also how do we control ourselves and protect ourselves from ourselves, which is, I think, what this kind of shows is how do we protect ourselves from ourselves, which is really kind of a cool finding. And that is a fantastic way to wrap this up. How do we protect ourselves from ourselves? You know, really, you know, uh, Tyson, Aaron, thank you guys so much for sharing. This is great stuff. And, and I really hope teachers... Um, use this as a conversation to, to do kind of the recommendations you talked about and think about those things. What is it that you were doing that you really, really missed? What was that thing that really got you excited? And where do you want to focus in there and really use this as a time to, to reflect, but also understand this is a challenging time. There was no expectations for us just to kind of whistle through here and think we, everything was going to be great. And it is okay to admit things are, things are challenging and things are tough to go through here and um, give yourself that, that break as we're talking about there when Marshall at the end, some of those things we, we put on ourselves uh, to, to look, are those really important? And maybe they are, maybe they're not, but use this as a time to be more intentional and support each other through these times uh, because it's tough. We are going to get on the other side. Of this, I think one of the best questions you, at, you answered here in your paper is, what are the last, the last, the will COVID cause lasting change to the work domain of school-based ag ed? And will, how, how is it going to change us and what we do? And I hope teachers walk into that intentionally rather than just having that happen to us. Um, and I think that's important uh, to do those things. So Tyson, Aaron, thank you guys so very much for being with us today here on Out Pellets. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Socialize with us by following Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can join the conversation by adding your thoughts in the comments and sharing the podcast with others. So for Kate, Marshall, and Mike, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet 
saying thank you, and we'll look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.